0: You're listening to 89.5 FM KOPN Columbia, Mid-Missouri's source for in-depth news, diverse talk and music of the world. It's not just radio, it's community radio on the web at kopn.org. Good morning and welcome to Speaking of the Arts on KOPN, an hour of news, views and interviews on the arts in mid-Missouri. I'm Diana Moxon. On today's show, I'm going to be chatting to Josh Chittum about the 2018-19 We Always Swing Jazz series. And later, it'll be a studio full of lady parts as we welcome Meg Phillips-Crespi, Christine Bay and Richara Knight to talk about their one night only show coming up next week called Lady Parts, A Song Cycle. But first, welcome to the studio Josh. Thanks for having me. I have been looking forward to chatting with you for oh, about a week now. Right?
1: Yeah. My apologies. <laughs> again, again.
0: Josh went MIA on us last week at last week, but it was okay because we got to talk about the Eurovision Song Contest, which is my favorite subject. So oh, all excellent. was well. All right. <laughs> last Sunday was your launch night for the 2018-19 season. How did it go?
1: It, it was It was great. Uh, we had the Columbia Jazz Orchestra at the roof. Um, if folks aren't familiar, it's a local collective of artists, uh, Not a uh, set cast There's definitely some Some you know Different personnel in the band But Um I guess when they played on Sunday, they had 19 pieces, so it is a, a real big band. Uh, the weather was a little warm, but that didn't keep people out. Um, and yeah, we had a great time. Um, they played three sets, um, all smoke and arrangements. Uh, and yeah, it was just a, a fun way to get people out and let them know that uh, we're swinging again this this season. And uh, yeah, to uh, spread the word about all the great shows we have and try to, try to increase awareness about jazz in Columbia.
0: Is that a fundraising event for you or, or more of an awareness and ticket sales night?
1: Uh, it, it's a fundraising. Uh you know, we uh, we raised some funds. Uh, always, try, you know, want to raise more. But yeah, that was the uh, the idea that was try to you know get a little bit of money in the till before we kick off the season.
0: So, what are the main challenges at putting together a whole season of jazz artists?
1: Um, I would say, really, the primary challenge is not having our own venue. So, you know, we have a list of people that we would want to bring in that we think fit uh, what we're trying to do then we've got to see are those people coming through um are they coming through on dates that work i.e not home football games i.e not true falls you know um and then if all that works do we have an actual place to put them and is that an appropriate venue um you know if there could be a phenomenal artist but maybe they're only going to sell 200 tickets and the only venue that's open to the missouri theater well we're not going to put them there and likewise if we have somebody who could probably sell a thousand tickets but we have to you know them in Whitmore Recital Hall, we're probably not going, going to do it there. So so yeah, uh, like I say, finding venues, uh, there really is no shortage of artists that, that want to play the jazz series. Um, you know, we've been around for 24 years, and folks know our checks aren't going to bounce. We're going to treat you well. Uh, Columbia is just a, a great town that supports the arts. The audiences are always receptive, and the musicians feel that when they play. Um, and if we had enough venues and uh, had enough demand, we could have a 30-concert concert jazz series, um, we, we tell people, no, you can't come to town more than we tell them, yes. So as far as, you know, attracting the artists, um, that's really not the, the hard part. The hard part is attracting, you know, the right artists on the right day with the right venue. Um, and so it's, you know, it's fun. It's part of the challenge. A lot of moving parts. Um, but yeah, uh, someone, you know, if they'd like to build us a, a 450 seat, a uh, beautiful little jazz club. That would be fantastic if you're out there.
0: <laughs> I'm sure they are out there somewhere. Yeah. So you're mostly out at Murray's. That's where most of, or the six, I think, of the concerts are. And then the other ones are in the Missouri Theater. Is that right?
1: So we actually don't have a Missouri Theater show this year. This show oh. this year. Um, so we kind of break it down. We've got Sundays at Murray's, and there are six shows this year. And then we do jazz in the district. And we actually stretch the district a little bigger than the the district is, um, so that really just means our downtown shows. So this year we've got um, two at Stotler Lounge, which is in Memorial Union on campus. It's a about a, do about two hundred and thirty seats, kind of cabaret style seating, um, and then we've got a show at Kimball Ballroom at Stevens College. Um, and then we'll have a show at Whitmore Recital Hall, which is really a great venue. Um, it's eleven rows deep. It's you know about as small as it gets. Um, so, so yeah, that's kind of the breakdown as far as the Murray's and non-Murray shows.
0: So, I mean, the, the Missouri Theater and Jesse obviously are available to you if you bring a big star. But is it how many how many jazz artists out there can fill a thousand plus venue? Uh,
1: in this market, not a lot. <laughs> not a lot. Um, so we do, you know, but we don't want to have our show so small and exclusive that we can't make the circle bigger. Um, and we actually tried really hard to get um, a wonderful vocalist in the Missouri theater and ended up falling through um, on her end. She just ended up not wanting to do it, which is fine. That's her, her, her deal. Um, but yeah, we, we do try to put artists in the theater so we can try to cast a wider net and get new folks in. Um, hey, just try this out. You might like it.
0: I mean, you have you have so many options. So there are so many possible jazz artists out there. How do you narrow it down to just the, the 10 that are coming?
1: Um, so, yeah, we kind of keep a, a running list of, you know, sort of two categories. Uh, people that are new that we've never had before that we really would like to present in the market. Um, and then people that have, you know, previously played and just, you know, wowed us that, hey, we've, we've got to have them back. And so, you know, we keep those lists running. And then as... Um, you know, typically we'll start booking stuff, um, you know, for our, tw- you know, season 25, uh, you know, the list will be rolling and we'll start booking stuff maybe in January, February, March, think, you know, around there. Um, and then it just comes down to, you know, some of its, you know, managers approaching us saying, hey, so-and-so is looking for a gig. Um, it's There's also, if there's somebody that we want to bring to town, well, let's go to their website and see if they're on tour and say, hey, they're playing Denver this date and they're playing Chicago this date. I wonder if we could get that Sunday. Because, um, yeah, that's that's really, um, in addition to, like, say, having a good reputation amongst musicians, uh, you know, the Midwest is just the perfect, Columbia is the perfect routing city. They're going to be driving through anyway um, or, you know, flying over. Uh, so why not stop, take a gig, uh, make a little extra cash and make the people of Columbia happy. So
0: I was talking to uh, with the they The New Music Festival here Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago and then we had two female jazz composers, sorry, female New Music composers that were here and we were talking about the uh, extent of underheard voices in the new music world and and I'd noticed that on your schedule this year you only have two female jazz artists, Katie Theroux with her trio who's coming in and and a vocalist, Veronica Swift. How much discussion do you have about trying to bring more female or LGBTQ uh, artists to Columbia within the within the jazz series.
1: I mean, we're, we're definitely conscious and aware of it. And like I say, we were hoping to have a third female on the season. Um, you know, for, for various reasons, it, it, it fell through. But, but yeah, uh, we definitely want to make sure that the series we uh, put on in Columbia is as representative as possible of the jazz scene as a whole. And, uh, you know, sometimes that's tough and challenging. And, you know, I could foresee a season where we ended up having almost all female artists because... They were coming through the right day. The venue was right. Um, so, uh, like I say, we you know t- try uh, to bring in uh, and be inclusive of all voices. Um, just sometimes, for various reasons, uh, you know the stars don't align.
0: The interesting thing about the new music festival for me was. Uh it's very kind of avant-garde music. So I wondered within the jazz world, what is considered... I mean, there is there is a genre called avant-garde jazz, which is quite old now. Yeah. What, what is truly avant-garde in the jazz world these days?
1: I mean, that's tough to say. Um, you know, one person's avant-garde is going to be one person's <laughs> down the middle. Um, so, so it, you know, it sort of depends on the ears as far as, you know, people that are really pushing towards kind of what most people would think of when they hear the word avant-garde are some folks that uh, are combining sort of uh, electronic elements. There's a pianist and DJ. uh, He goes by Mast. It's all uppercase. But he took um, a bunch of Thelonious Monk tracks and then sort of rearranged them um into kind of an electronic i won't say techno but an electronic fashion um and played piano with it um so to me that's fairly you know avant-garde um and you know there's still free jazz um that you know like say people think of avant-garde jazz uh to me i really i think what they're thinking of is free jazz
0: what is free jazz
1: basically just you know anything goes um a lot of times free jazz artists won't have a set list they won't even talk about songs someone will just start playing and then you know the sax player starts playing and then the drummer feels the beat and he starts playing the piano player goes okay i think it's in this key and they start playing um and then you know they continue on riffing for 25 minutes um so so you know Probably the most famous free jazz would be Cecil Taylor, so if someone out there wants to explore kind of the earlier free jazz, go check out Cecil Taylor. Um, And yeah, I mean, I'm definitely a jazz head, uh, but there are certain days where my ears aren't exactly ready to digest Cecil, um, (laughs) but there are certain days where I want to listen to it for four hours straight. Um, So like I say, you just kind of have to be, um, you know, depending on what mood you're in, just like, I like all kinds of foods, but sometimes, you know, I just really want a salad or sometimes (laughs) I really want to go out and get barbecue. Uh, They're both good. It's just, you know, whatever mood you're in.
0: Have you been to a free jazz concert?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is
0: it kind of nerve wracking as an audience member? You don't really know where it's Going to go. Uh,
1: t- to me, that's why I love jazz, and actually, why I think that jazz isn't um, the most popular music in America. Or most consumers want that familiarity. They want to be able to sing along. They want to know where the beat's going. They want to know where the melody's going. Um, and to me, the unknown. And the creation in front of me—that's what's exciting. Uh, The other stuff is, you know, at this point, you know, I've been ruined by jazz. The other stuff is a little boring. Um, You know, I've already heard it. I know it's going to happen. You know, it's like you know watching the same movie 15 times. There's a few that are good enough to do that, but not many. Usually, I watch them once. Um, So with with jazz, it's you know a different movie, you know, every night.
0: And, and I think that's I think that's slightly my problem with jazz music too is my ears don't necessarily get it. I'm not attuned to it and I don't quite know what I'm listening for. It's just kind of noodling along and I think, where is this going? And there was a, co- a quote by Katie Theroux, who's one of the artists mm-hmm. we're going to talk about, who's coming this year to the We Always Swing Jazz season. She says, culturally, most people relate to repetition, like Top 40 Radio. When we give people the opportunity to listen and see jazz, I feel that they can connect to the in-the-moment Aspect because we are all living in the moment. So that's certainly for you, True, as well. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely.
1: I I think that, you know, in the moment, and it's in the moment live, um, you know, I do like listening to jazz, you know, recordings. I think, in general, live music is better, whether it's, you know, rock and roll, country, jazz, hip-hop, whatever. But because of the spontaneous nature of jazz, you can get a really good recording, but it's just not the same as being in the room. Like, the best analogy I've ever came up with is it's like a jazz recording would be like watching... A filmed theater performance like you can get the gist but you're not in the theater you don't you don't feel the palpable tension and um, you know just the energy that's flowing through the room uh, from the performers and the audience uh, with recording and anybody who's like yeah I just don't like jazz or don't get jazz I would say just go see it live go see it live don't try to expect the next thing Um, you know like Columbia Missouri it's what you want to expect (laughs) and uh, and and yeah, just uh, let it you know wash over you and enjoy it and be in the moment and honestly think of it almost as a, a you know a theater performance that you've never seen before. Um, you don't know what's going to happen next, uh, but just let it play out, see where it goes, and I think it'll take you somewhere you like.
0: I think, I think that's great advice I, when uh, Jacob Gottlieb was here from the new music festival that he was saying about, think of it as a soundscape. Let it just kind of wash over you and I think probably jazz is the same way. you need to st- I need to stop having expectations of what's coming next and just uh, relax and not. Not try and be in control of what I'm listening to yeah. in quite the same way, because
1: <laughs> it you know could even be that uh, a few of the musicians aren't even in control of what they're playing. <laughs> um, so, and I, I kid, um, but but yeah, I, I, like I say, I think that's Katie Throw is is dead on the money there. That the the lack of familiarity and repetition is what keeps jazz from you know really cracking through because. I don't even think it's debatable jazz musicians are the best musicians on earth. You know, their capacity to play anything at any speed, any tempo, any key, any style really isn't matched by any other genre of music. Obviously, I'm biased. <laughs> if, you know, if anybody would like to come by the office and, and we can... Uh, 21 Discuss. North King Street, we can argue about it. But yeah, you know, a, a jazz musician, you know, really has... Uh, total control of their instrument at least a you know a true player I mean a lot of these folks have master's degrees in their instrument in addition to practicing you know countless hours outside of the classroom so not to take anything away from someone who never took a music lesson and you know just picked up a guitar and learned four chords and changed the world that's happened before Um, but as far as you know the technical uh, just really mastering your instrument I don't think There's a genre music that comes close to jazz.
0: Well, we were talking about Katie Theroux and she is one of the artists who will be here for this year's uh, We Always Swing Jazz series. So, Mike, let's cue up a little bit of music from Katie Theroux and listen to a couple of minutes of a song by her called "Why Did I Choose You."
2: You, what did I see in you? I saw the heart you hide so well. I saw a quiet man had a gentle way a way that caught me in its glowing spell Why did I want you What could you offer me? A love to last a lifetime through And when I lost my heart So many years ago I lost it, lovingly, and willingly, to you. If I had to choose again, I would still
0: choose you. And that's Katie Theroux with Why Did I Choose You? Just a short clip from um, that piece of music. Katie Theroux is one of the artists who's going to be at this season's We Always Swing Jazz series. Josh, tell us um, who else is going to be here.
1: Uh, so we've got 10 shows this year. Um, just the, you know kind of the quick rundown. We start off with Tootie uh, Heath featuring Emmett Cohen at Murray's. Tootie uh, is a member of the famous Heath Brothers that have been on the scene for... You know, uh, 60 years. I, th- I think, uh, you know, Tutti's in his 80s, and you know, has played with uh, the Who's Who, uh, you know, for the past 60 years. So, uh, you know, he's an NEA Jazz Master, and we really wanted to present him uh, why he's still playing with this wonderful um, Emmett Cohn is a, a piano player um, who's kind of started this thing where he seeks out jazz masters and and tries to um, maybe in masters that maybe aren't as well known as, as others, and play with them and, and raise them back up to the level that he feels they sh- they should be in as far as the public eye. Um, so I think that's a really cool thing and something about jazz, you know, that exists are the the mentorships and uh, younger players and older players learning from each other and then helping you know boost careers. So so that'll be a cu- cool one. Uh, the Humanity Quartet uh, is the next one. there, a, a brand new group. It's um, Joel Fromm on sax, Peter Bernstein on guitar, Sean Smith on bass, and Leon. Parker on drums, and uh, just some guys that knew each other through the scene that said, you know, hey, well, let's start an all-star group, basically. Mm-hmm. So they're going out on a two-week tour, and Columbia will be the last stop of their two-week tour, so we're kind of excited to. Uh, most of those musicians have been to Columbia before, but not in this configuration, and that's something else that we like to do. Or, you know, we'll have phenomenal individual musicians And kind of get them together and and bring them in. Uh, Then the next show would be Katie, who who we've already talked about, uh, who does a wonderful job. And yeah, another interesting thing about Katie is you heard on that track she's uh, playing bass, but she's also the vocalist, uh, which is is pretty uncommon in jazz to be an instrumentalist and a vocalist at the same time. You just just doesn't really happen much.
0: And she and she is uh, Quincy Jones has a quote about her, and he he just says, "This girl is it."
1: Yeah, I mean, when Q (laughs) says you're it, you're it, you know. And uh, then we've got a Jeff Hamilton trio next. Um, Hamilton's a wonderful drummer, worked with the um, the Jeff Clayton and the Clayton Hamilton Orchestra for a long time. Uh, Joe Locke, trio featuring uh, Pat Bianchi and Marvin Smithy Smith. Uh, Locke plays vibraphones, uh, which are you know, just one of my favorite instruments. Pat Bianchi plays Hammond B3 organ, again, one of my favorite instruments. Um, and Marvin Smith is just a phenomenal drummer. He was actually uh, on the drummer for uh, Tonight Show with Jay Leno for a while and has been professionally drumming since he was like 11 or something like that. I mean, M- Marvin's a Marvin's man. And then uh, from there, we'll do our uh, Dr. Carlos Perez Mason Memorial Concert with Alfredo Rodriguez and Pedrito Martinez. And that's going to be a really cool duo. Uh, Alfredo is uh, just a wonderful uh, piano player, trained in the conservatories in Cuba. Um, Again, Quincy actually saw him play in the Montreux Jazz Fest and said something along the lines of, this guy's it. And uh, Alfredo formed a trio, played a jazz festival in Mexico, and then said, you know what, I'm not going to go home, I'm going to go seek asylum at the border got asylum got a ride to quincy jones's mansion quincy said come on in let's cut an album so as far as you know just an, an absolutely incredible story you know uh alfredo's right there and, and pedrito is really one of the premier hand percussionists um in jazz just you know in the world so i've actually had a chance to see them play before and uh, the back and forth playing off each other it's just gonna be a, a really fun show like that's how i describe it. it's gonna be fun benny green uh coming back you know benny's um again been on the scene since he was 16 years old probably uh but he's got a new uh, vocalist with him Veronica Swift who is I think maybe about 25 26 uh so in jazz that's that's a baby and uh so she recently did um kind of a residency at Jazz at Lincoln Center with Wenton Marsalis and so uh we've kind of identified her as a, a rising star that we want to bring her in while we still can you know before she sells out arenas and then Brad Meldau Trio uh Brad and his trio with Jeff Ballard and uh Larry Grenadier have been together for over ten years now, and have really just helped push the limits of what a jazz trio can do. Whether the, that's doing jazz arrangements of you know popular songs um, or their own original compositions, you know Mel Doubt definitely does his own thing, and that's going to be at the the or recital hall that I was talking about that's just super small so if you if you like a piano trio and like Meldow I guarantee that show is gonna sell out before Christmas probably so single tickets go on sale Monday if you want to see Brad Meldow call me on Monday <laughs> and then Aaron Deal who uh was kind of a, a child prodigy. He won the Essentially Ellington competition, which is a competition amongst high school students to be the, the best jazz musician, your respective instrument. Um, and he really kind of keeps a finger in the classical classical world, too, which is really rare in jazz. And he also plays with Philip Glass a lot. Um, so, I mean, Deal's one of those guys that can do everything. And uh, as
0: Winter Marsalis says, he is the real <laughs> Deal. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know. <laughs> And then, uh, finally, the New York Standards Quartet. So that's another kind of all-star group, uh, but they've been together for um, maybe about seven years or so. Presented them once before. But, yeah, obviously based out of New York, and... um, they do some original compositions, arrangements of, of standards, uh, but just a really, really good cohesive cohesive unit. So
0: now, obviously, you you love all of these artists, and it would be hard to choose one of your favorite children. But if somebody could go only go and see, say, one or two concerts, which one would you direct them to?
1: Uh, definitely the um, Alfredo Rodriguez and Pedro Martinez. That's going to be, like, say, just a phenomenal show. I've seen it before, so I can assure you um, that it's going to be be great. Especially if you like Latin jazz and Latin rhythms, um, it's it's that that's the one that's not to miss. Outside of that, um, I would maybe say the Humanity Quartet, just because they're new. Um, you know, I've I've actually never heard them. I don't think they have any recordings yet. Um, so you know, try something new, and maybe you'll see. This band and they might blow up and, you know, finally jazz will be on top 40 radio. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, if I had to pick my two favorite children, yeah, those, those would be them.
0: <laughs> and the Humanity Quartet is at Stockler Lounge Memorial Union. And that's on October the 11th. Correct right? Yeah. How many seats are available there? Do you remember?
1: Uh, so the seats, 230, 30, um, but okay. with season ticket sales, I'll have less than a hundred tickets left when singles go on sale. So. Okay.
0: And Alfredo Rodriguez and Pedrito Martinez, do you, they're going to be at the Leela Rainey hall day at Stevens college. And that's on February the 7th next year. Um, and that's a, that's a bigger venue. Yeah.
1: We've got about 350 seats there. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if it sells out. It won't sell out, uh, you know, before Christmas, uh, like Meldau, I don't think. But yeah, you definitely want to want to get your tickets. These guys they they play uh, together quite a bit, uh, not all the time. They don't have any recordings together, but you know, like say that they're both just steeped in the tradition of Cuban music, and uh, you know love bringing it to the the audience.
0: Do most of the concerts sell out usually most seasons?
1: So Murray's, uh, me and you could form a band and pretty much sell out Murray's. Uh, <laughs>
0: I don't think I could sell out. Murray's.
1: am I'm, I'm not kidding. Um, so so just with you could with um you know season ticket sales and packages alone I'm going to have about between the two shows you know less than probably 40 or so tickets less that's
0: nothing so yeah. yeah I
1: mean they're basically already sold out so so yeah the Murray's will be no no problem um, you know the other shows I think Mel will for sure sell out and part of that is like say this was the year of the small group, so we, we put them in smaller spaces. Selling out the Missouri Theater is really hard. Um, me and you could not do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and uh, so I wouldn't say that, you know, we sell out every year. Murray's always does super well, um, and our other shows are, are well attended, but If you're out there, come buy some tickets and let's sell them all out.
0: So if people want to get tickets, tell us how they do that.
1: Yeah, so um, you can visit our website, wealwaysswing.org, and learn more about the shows. And then you can link to Ticketmaster from there. But I always tell people, unless you own stock in Ticketmaster, just call me up on the phone and you can get tickets with zero uh, service charges. Uh, Our phone number is 573-449-3009. Call up, get the box office, you'll talk to me, uh, we'll make a deal, or come in and see us in person. Uh, We're at 21 North 10th Street, just around the corner from KOPN, and we've got a library you can peruse. We can talk about jazz and sell you some tickets.
0: You've probably got to talk about jazz all day. Is it difficult to get work done some days when people come in and you just want to talk jazz all day?
1: <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a nice break, but uh, <laughs> we, we get a steady flow of people, but not so steady that I can't get some stuff done.
0: Thank you so much, Josh Chittam. The We Always Swing Jazz Series 2018-19 to is now up on their website and ready for ticket sales. Or you can just call in and chat jazz to Josh and not pay any extra fees. Fees. Check it out at wealwaysswing.org. Josh, thank you so much. Let's have you back in because I have only got through half of the hey. things that I wanted to ask <laughs> you. Sounds <about>. good.
1: So <laughs> I'll be sure to show up.
0: You're listening to Speaking of the Arts at 89.5 FM, KOPN, Columbia. And after the break, we'll be back with Meg Phillips Crespi, Christine Bay, and Roshara Knight to talk about their one night show coming up next week. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to Speaking of the Arts at 89.5 FM, KOPN, Colombia. And in this segment of the show, I am delighted to welcome to the studio the one and only Meg Phillips-Crespi. It is nice to be here, thank you. <laughs> Christine Bay and Rishara Knight, whose show Lady Parts, a song cycle, will be performed for one night only next Tuesday, the 14th of August, at Talking Horse Theatre. Ladies, delighted to have you in the studio. Thank you. So, Meg, it is many moons since I saw you in the old cafe Berlin Theater doing your Zen Kinky Show, oh my goodness, which was hilarious. Back. Thank you. And about internet dating. I yes. mean, it's just, it was genius. So I guess you've found your Mr. Right since then.
3: I did. I <laughs> married a lovely
0: man, David Crispy, who's a professor of theater, so it's a nice match. <laughs> and Christine, you've been singing and acting in shows at Columbia Entertainment Company, I know for many years, and I'm not sure what I last saw you in. What have you been in recently? Lady Parts, probably, was
2: the last thing I was in. Oh, we did a, a fun Fundraiser for, um, oh, and the immigration. City of, City of Refuge. City of, City of, City of Refuge, Refuge. Oh, okay. and I was in that. You were
0: in the Friday night show, were you? Right. I went on Saturday, that's why I, I didn't see in that one. But you've been acting for many years, not only singing, I mean, you're in theater performances too a lot, aren't you? Yes, uh, since Maplewood Barn
2: days and before CEC had an actual theater that they could stay in. <laughs>
0: And Rashara, you are the hot ticket right now. I oh, see you God, am I? so many things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering, will that settle down once you have your new role as co-director of Talking Horse? I don't know. This is news to me that I'm the hot ticket. I'm, so, I'm surprised. <laughs> Maybe it's just the places that I've been, I seem to. i seen you a lot lately. <laughs> yes, I, I'm, I'm a very busy woman right now. <laughs> as well as doing a master's degree. Yes, yes. Last year yes last year so <laughs> oh and your, you're in your last year okay yes thank you okay. so meg tell us about lady parts a song cycle what inspired you to create it
3: uh well i've got a i've also been doing um theater in columbia since before the days that cec had a theater um christina actually and i were in a show together like at the barn in 1986 or so yeah. so anyway i've got a 35 year resume at this point i'm i, I Consider myself talented and a good actor, and I didn't get cast twice in a row in late fall, which isn't normally a big deal. You know, you don't—you batting 300 is good for an actor, but as a middle-aged woman, that was all the parts. There was nothing else on the horizon that I was interested in, and I thought, well, I could sulk, so I did that for a week or so, and then I was like, I'm just going to write my own show. Um, so I decided to to write a a series of songs for for ladies and I wanted to not, I wanted to, to be kind of voices of different women and so I didn't want it to just be you know, a 40 something white lady and I wanted to open it up for different ages and ethnicities and backgrounds and so that's what
0: i did now you describe it as a collection of musical numbers sung by women that are brackets mostly not about men yet in a lot of the songs you can sense the invisible hand or other bits of men at work (laughs) in women's lives so how much is the song cycle a reflection of your life how biographical autobiographical is it
3: um So I was raised by a a feminist and also I grew up, um, you know, in the 70s was my formative years and there was, I remember, you know, in the mall, the Biscayne Mall back in the day, there was a t-shirt shop and there was a t-shirt that I loved that says, a woman's place is in the house and in the senate. And you know, I look around 30, whatever, 40 years later, anyway, and I'm like, I feel like more should have changed. And so I bring that background of. You know, growing up with expectations that haven't been met and having been um, brought up by a strong woman who had beliefs, you know, dating back generations, she would talk about how, you know, it was just a family trait passed down almost that, you know, we believe that women were, were strong people and not that they're superior to men, but equal. Um, and I have lost track of the question a little <laughs> bit. I apologize. How, how
0: autobiographical is it?
3: Oh, well, so quite some of it is... Um, very autobiographical. There's a song in there um, about pregnancy and uh, my expectation when I got pregnant was um, actually mostly came from a musical theater song from a show called Baby about how um, you're part of the circle, this magical cycle, etc, etc, it's beautiful and I threw up for nine months. (laughs) And I felt like an alien had invaded my body and I hated it. (laughs) And so so I wrote the song and it my original conception was to call it Ralph, and the baby would be named Ralph, and it, because, of course, that's a name for vomit. But it turns out nothing rhymes with Ralph, so so it went a slightly different direction. But I did discover that the internet, among many other wonders, has a. This, uh, Vomit thesaurus. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh,
3: internet. So that one's autobiographical. Um, there's a song that's not uh, my biography, but I had a friend who was passed over for a promotion because, literally,
0: she was told she was quote too confident. And so there's a song in there about that. I noticed that. I was looking through that the song, the song cycle covers men's bits. Feminism, miscarriage, pregnancy, autism, lack of love roles for alto voices, doing too much, lesbian love, being a confident woman and therefore not getting the job, the pain of being a black mother, women's invisibility after 50, the lack of good roles for women, life's unexpected turns, Alzheimer's, cubicle working and my favourite, pooping. (laughs) <laughs> I wondered how these topics made it to the top of the list <laughs> when you have such a rich seam to choose from. Well, Was it about rhyming? Um, no, I mean, the thing is that men
3: get all these songs about everything under the sun and women get songs about men. And so I wanted to do everything under the sun and hopefully we've ended up with at least a little bit of that.
0: Um, Including pooping. <laughs> there's, there's some great rhyming in that one. How much of the creation of Lady Parts was a collaborative effort? It's not all written by you, but mostly written by you, right?
3: uh, Mostly by me. All the music is by me, and um, uh, not quite three-quarters of the lyrics are by me. Um, but I also knew that I wanted to include some voices that I just didn't wasn't capable of writing. Um, and so one of the first things, actually, that I did, um, I had seen black poets speak out in 2016 um, here in town and a wonderful poet named Natasha Ria Elskari did a poem called The Secret Life of Black Mothers at that and I knew that I wanted to make that into a song and so I basically pestered her until she agreed to let me use her lyrics and I, I knew right away that also I wanted Shara to sing it because she owns that song. <laughs> Thank you.
0: And that that is one of the most powerful songs in the show I, and so Natasha was happy for you to let her use the words so do you have to really pester her or was she uh, Easy to convince. Well, I emailed her, you know, just out of the blue. She didn't know who I
3: was. And so she said, well, tell me a little bit more about it. And I said, you know, I know I'm a white woman, but I have this amazing black actress that I want to sing it, et cetera, et cetera. And she said, OK, now we can talk.
0: <laughs> That's what she told me later. So, Rashara, how does it feel to uh, sing that song? <laughs> Painful.
4: Yeah, painful is the word that I think of. I'm I'm a mother myself. Um, I have a daughter. Um, who will be a senior in high school this year. Um, but I um, so I don't necessarily know that feeling, just. Personally, But, you know, I do have a brother. Um, and I do know a lot of the things that are discussed in that song were genuine fears that my mom had. And there were fears that I had, too, knowing, you know, my brother, you know, was just doing everyday, day-to-day life, just, you know, having that fear that he could be harassed or he could be shot. Um, like it was painful (laughs) to actually sing that because in order for me to sing it, I actually have to allow myself to go to that place and think about how I would feel if that were to happen to my brother. That's the way that I portray the song is by thinking that way. So it's very painful for me to sing that song. Um, And I know that uh, a lot of um, women in the black community who have sons, that is a genuine fear. I I mean, I think all of us as moms anyway have fears for their children. It's just, just as it is. But that particular subject that we are discussing that is very prevalent right now in our society, it's a scary thing to think about. And so I, I really have to allow myself to kind of go there and think about how it would feel if I were in that position. Um, so it, it just, it's hurtful. It's a scary thing to think about. So, Describe the
0: poem a little bit for people who haven't heard it, what it's about. Um,
4: the Secret Life of Black Mothers is a poem about basically the fear of black mothers for their children who could be possibly shot down for absolutely no reason whatsoever um it does a lot it speaks a lot about i'm trying to make sure i word this properly so nobody gets angry at me (laughs) because i'm not trying to sound offensive based to the police. I was like, I mean, I don't really know how else to say it. There's a lot in the poem talking about um, black men being gunned down um, for no reason whatsoever. I'm dealing with by police officers who, you know, were just kind of ignorant or just they saw a black person and fit the part. Um, and I'm not trying to say that all police are that way because I have a lot of respect for. Um, those who are out there to protect and serve me, but there are some that are not, are not the best. I guess I'm, tr- I'm really, really trying to choose my words wisely here. Um, So the the poem speaks onto that, and it speaks onto just black men dying in the streets and what happens if that's my son. Um, And what happens, you know, you start getting the phone calls of people who basically want to be in your business and don't actually really care. They're just scared kind of pointing fingers and to blame, well, if he wasn't doing this, and maybe he wasn't doing anything, we don't know. I was like, you know, why would you take a situation that's already horrible and then make it worse by like trying to put your own spin on it. So that's, there's a lot going on in in, in the poem. And so, and then Meg beautifully puts it to this music that it's almost like the sound of a heartbeat when you hear it. And like, it's, it's haunting and it's 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 just it's a painful place to go to, um, if people will allow themselves to go there. So.
3: We do have lots of comedy too. <laughs> right. <I promise. laughs> um, just to, to tag on as a as a white woman who didn't necessarily empathize as I should have with. Um, with how black mothers feel and how the black community feels, when I heard the poem, what got me was it's very near to the beginning of the poem. She says, With each milestone to manhood, we weep. Each time you grow an inch, mm-hmm. we weep. An extra whisker. I was we going weep. to say that
0: same line. It was, yeah. mm-hmm. it's very and, powerful.
3: You know, just to realize the fear that it's always, always there was very powerful for me.
0: And I think at the end, she brings in the daughters of black women too, mm-hmm. when she says, And I, you know, I kind of weep for you for knowing that you will be inhaling the mm-hmm. same breath that I will be of of waiting if you have a son absolutely yeah so Meg um you I, I am just endlessly amazed at how talented you are so oh. how did you I mean you act you do stand-up you write comedy you write three quarters of the words for this and then you also wrote all the music what is your background <laughs> do you did you have a degree in musical theater <laughs> um I'm
3: from a very midwestern family of sensible people who said no 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 don't go in theater and music do English. (laughs) So I have an English degree, um, but I took all of the vocal classes that you were allowed to take and basically not be a music major. Uh, Mine is music theory, which in retrospect would have come in really handy. Um, I've taken piano since I was about 10 years old. Ironically I'm not a very good piano player. I can't actually play most of the music that I've written. Um, But I have always composed just a little bit here and there. I've talked about it other times I have um, attention deficit disorder and I get bored if I do just one thing and so that's why I do a little composing and I do a little playwriting and I do performing you know and I did design so as long as it's creative I'm happy. Do you hear the music in your head before you write it down I mean can you do you write music or Um, do you? I actually do most of my confusing on the confusing Composing on the computer. <laughs>
0: maybe they should be confusing.
3: Compu- it, yes, so I, it is confusing um, and confusing. No, uh, so generally I start with the lyrics, which is why um, after having written a lot of these songs, I actually have more confidence in my lyric writing ability. But at the beginning when I was like, oh my gosh, 16 songs, what am I gonna do? Um, then I did request lyrics from others because that is what suggests a melody to me usually. Um, so, there's actually a new song for this uh because we did Lady Parts in April at, at MU. Um but and so we did 16 songs, but now we have 17 songs. Um Leah Brooks, who's one of our cast members, uh just there was this ongoing conversation because when we when it came time to get costumes, she brought in a dress and she says and it has Pockets. And, <laughs> I don't know, I mean, we all know, More for clothes ladies, pockets, ladies clothes do not have enough pockets, or if they have pockets they're like two inch fake ones, or et cetera, et cetera. So um, she said, I will write you song- lyrics about um, pockets, so, so she gave me the lyrics and I wasn't intending to write kind of a funk number, but then I looked at her first t- two lines and I was like, oh, that's funk. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a white lady's take on funk. I don't know. But
0: that might not be sung by this white lady. <laughs> that might take over as my new favorite song then, a song about pockets. I have yeah. long been sad about the lack of pockets in women's clothing. Yeah, who yeah. Up with that? Christine, you perform in three, I think, of the songs in the show. Tell yes. us about the numbers that you appear in. Well, my favorite one is about women of a
2: certain age who disappear there are no roles, as Meg point out, or very few, and people don't see you, Yeah, they don't hold the door for you. And I love that because it's such a juxtaposition of the kind of operatic, semi-operatic style and um, the little spiciness of the text, which I love. And the one that we sing about Alzheimer's really touches both Meg and I, we have had to deal with that. And um, singing three different generations, a younger an older, and the one in the middle who has the care of both, really touches us yes, as well as other people who have experienced it. And, and that one I love. It's not only beautiful, it's touching. And then the other one is just hysterical about pregnancy. I, she kind of told you about that. So I have a lot of fun entertaining in humor, which I don't get to do very often, as well as promoting understanding of a cause that is dear to my heart.
0: Well, we have a little clip of um, well, we have the whole piece, "The Miracle of Life," which is the one about pregnancy. So, Mike, if you want to cue that up, we will listen to one of the songs called "The Miracle of Life" from Lady Parts, a song cycle. A The miracle of life from lady parts a song cycle which had mike hagan crying with laughter so men this show is also for you it isn't a women's only audience that comes to this show it is for everybody it
3: is and it's not man bashing <laughs> even though we do say kindly my husband loved it <laughs> we do say put your penis away but other than that
0: yes it is mostly not about mostly not about my men. That's, mo- <laughs> that's the mostly <laughs> Now, the, the song that you mentioned earlier, Christine, is called Aria Invisible, where you sing about uh, how it feels to be over 50. Uh-huh. Now, I have to take a little issue with this song, as I am a woman over 50. And I think this idea of invisibility is a story we tell ourselves, and I think it's about inner sass. And I think as long as you maintain your inner sass, you don't feel over 50. But there's a, there's a, it's also nuanced, because it is kind of nice to walk down the street and kind of invisible not there harassed. is a relief to that too you can kind of like observe life in a different way than when you're kind of completely thrust into the center of it so I have to say next time you write a song I want it to be about how much I love being over 50
3: <laughs> <laughs> well actually I mean it doesn't come through in the final version but I will tell you that I originally conceived of it as a sad ballad and then I was reading stuff by women over 50 and how much they kind of love being invisible and I was like this is not a ballad <laughs>
0: I think so. there's so many very visible women over 50, particularly in Colombia and just in society today, that are just really coming into their own at 50. Christine, I see maybe well, another you know what over 50-year-old. 50 50 <laughs> yeah, I'm a little over that even.
2: Um, you know what you want, and you know what you'll put up with, and how to deal with it, and that's the best
3: part.
0: So yay, women over 50. <laughs> <laughs> and as somebody who is
3: na- rapidly approaching 50, like, I find... Oh,
0: Meg, you're 29.
3: Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, so <laughs> Of course i am of course i am but i find i have fewer and fewer
0: f's to give every year (laughs) i I have a friend who says i have one f left to give (laughs) (laughs) he's saving it up i like that So tell us who else is in the show and how did you select this cast? There must have been so many women that were saying, let me be in the show. I did hold open auditions uh,
3: with the exception of I knew that I wanted Roshara to sing um, Secret Life of a Black Woman. And to be totally honest, I did perhaps write Aria Invisibile" for Christine. (laughs) But she did audition. (laughs) Um, And we actually had, I think, 12 ladies audition and cast in addition to Sarah and myself, six, so we have eight. It hurt my heart to actually turn six ladies away because everybody who auditioned was great. Um, I knew we were going to be in an unmiked space, so we went with, of course, very talented people, but also people who didn't need mics. Um, so we have Anna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna miss somebody. Anna Rawls, Samantha Boisclair, mm-hmm. Diana Kurtwright, who's our youngest, at, uh, is she 15, I think? Yes, yeah. 15. Um, let's see, who am I missing? Hef- I thought her last name was Neon, but it's huh. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Hepzibah Niemi. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, I'm missing Leah. Leah, well, Leah Brooks and Samantha. Hey, Jen.
4: Oh no, who
3: missing... <laughs> oh, <sorry> am <laughs> <if> I
4: missing? Send... <laughs> sorry, us in here. You're fine. We're
0: good. Oh. Yes, Christine Bay.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, you have taken this show a little bit on tour. It's been in Kansas City, yes, right? Yes, when, we, when were you there with that? Um, just, was it
3: two weekends ago, I guess? Mm-hmm. Uh, that last weekend of July. Um, so, uh, Natasha rios Elsky, the poet from Black Women Speak Out, uh, sorry, Secret Lives of Black Women, owns uh, an art gallery in Kansas City, um, and she had invited me to like her page on Facebook, which I did. And then I saw, hey, we have events here. And I said, hey, what do you <laughs> think? So. So we did that last weekend.
0: This is a great show that doesn't have to be in a theater setting. I mean, you could do like Greenhouse Theater Productions do and do it in alternative venues. You could be in art galleries and, and stores and all over the place.
3: Yes. And at Talking Horse, we'll be working around the set of um, Ripcord, Record, which is right. going on. So, um, so it's kind of nice. It's very flexible. We actually, unfortunately, Christine was not able to join us, nor was little Diana. Little Diana. Young Diana. Um, and so we did it with Six and you know swapped a few things around so it's flexible and i think that's
0: nice too so what are the future plans for lady pass i mean this could go all over the country is that is that the plan would you like to do that take it on tour i would love to do that um i've done just a little bit
3: of googling and i don't have a fully formed plan yet i'm actually um joining my husband on a fulbright tour to greece this fall and i won't have a lot to do so one of my One of the things on my list is uh, to put together a plan for Next Step for Lady Parts. I
0: I had read that you were going to be away for three months, um, and I wondered if you were planning on writing another song cycle for a different set of issues.
3: I am waiting to see until I get to Greece and see how I feel moved, but I definitely have something creative on my plate.
0: Now you are—you you mean you love uh, Star Trek, and you are a, uh, a science fiction I, I nerd do. as well. It's I know true. you. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, given a blank piece of paper and a, and a perfectly inked pen, what is the subject that you veer towards? Is it—is it space sci-fi?
3: Um, you know, the subject really varies. It just. You know, it's whatever germ of an idea seems. Oh, that's interesting. Um, but the through line to my work has always been interesting women because there just aren't enough of them. There, well, there are plenty of interesting women, just not enough parts
0: for interesting women. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. yes. Sorry, I meant in, in theater. So give us quickly before we finish, tell us how people can get tickets and remind us of the dates and time. Uh, the date is next Tuesday, August 14th at 7.30 p.m. at Talking Horse Theater. You can
3: get tickets at TicketLeap. Dot, i'm sorry talkinghorse.ticketleap.com there are approximately 200 people interested on facebook and you know you can never tell what that means but the space holds 70 so i would
0: recommend getting tickets in advance Thank you. I will do that as soon as I step down from the show. Excellent. Meg Phillips-Crespi, Christine Bay, and Rashara Knight, thank you so much for being in the studio. Their, their show, Lady Parts, a Song Cycle, is on next Tuesday at Talking Horse Theatre, but it's a one-night-only performance, so go there ASAP and get your tickets. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be back after the break with a look at some of the arts events that are coming up in Colombia over the next seven days. Keep your ears close to the radio. Thank you Mike. I'm Diana Moxon and as usual we'll end this week's Speaking at the Art show with a look at some of the events that are coming up over the next few days in and around Columbia. This evening is the big opening night for Talking Horse Theatre's production of the David Lindsay Abair comedy Ripcord. Tonight's show starts at 7.30pm and you can also catch it tomorrow and Sunday at 2. Tickets are $15 for adults and the show continues next weekend. This is the final weekend for Maplewood Barnes' production of the musical thriller Sweeney Todd. Tonight's show starts at 8 and tomorrow and there's also a show on Sunday. Tickets are $12. In Jefferson City, there are a lot of theatre options this weekend. The Scene 1 Theatre is in their second and final weekend of Tuesdays with Morrie. Their show starts at 7 tonight and tomorrow. Shrek the Musical is in its opening weekend, Capital City Productions. The dinner buffet doors open at 6.30 and the show starts at 7.30. Tickets are $38, but you'll be looking for returns as I think the show could be sold out. And at the Jefferson City Little Theatre, Disney's Mary Poppins is on stage for this week weekend only. Tickets cost $20 and the show starts at 7.30 tonight and tomorrow with also a matinee tomorrow at 2 p.m. At the Lyceum Theatre in Ararok, this weekend is the last chance to see The 39 Steps, which is billed as part Hitchcock with a dash of Monty Python. Catch it tonight at 8, tomorrow at 2 or 8, or on Sunday at 2 for the final show. At Cafe Berlin, True False presents a show by San Francisco guitarist Danny Paul Grody. Show starts tonight at 9 and tickets are $5. At the General Store in Rocheport, you can hear Lace Wings featuring Molly Healy at 8pm. And at the Missouri United Methodist Church on 9th Street, there's an opening reception at 6 p.m. for an art exhibit called The Wonder of Being a Child. And this is a free event and open to all. And at Cosmo Park, this month's Movie in the Park courtesy of Columbia Parks and Recreation is Coco. Tomorrow Saturday is Boondordle Day hosted by True False Film Fest. Tickets may still be available for this afternoon bike ride out to Les Bourgeois, but check on the truefalse.org website. If you're not Dawdling on Saturday afternoon all are invited to the Mont Mini Gallery, the Boone History and Culture Centre for the opening reception of a new art show called building community through art which highlights the work of access arts artists and instructors there is no charge to attend the reception which runs from 4 till 6 p.m at rose park tomorrow at 5 p.m you can be part of the inaugural tacos and tequila fest with music from the driftaways the match sellers and their molly jean one woman band their fest gets underway at 5 p.m and saturday night at the blue note you can hear the hipcocks reunion Sorry, the Hip Next reunion featuring, apparently, every member of the band ever. Their show starts at 9pm and tickets are $6. Sunday at 5, Lee Ruth plays out at Cooper's Landing and later on Sunday evening, Rose Music Hall hosts the Acacia Strains Continent 10 Year Anniversary Tour. Their show starts at 7. On Tuesday, head to Talking Horse, there to join Meg Phillips Crespi and her cast of singers for Lady Parts, A Song Cycle. This is a one night only show and it's not suitable for under 13s tickets are $10 and the show starts at 7.30 on Wednesday Columbia Parks and Recreations Family Fun Fest is at Cosmo Park from 6 to 8pm this month's theme is around the world with arts and art from various cultures along with live entertainment hands on learning face painting food trucks and more and downtown at Rose Park the next up in their movies in the park series is Toy Story at 8.30pm next Wednesday and admission to that is free if you missed the opening weekend of Ripcord. You've got another chance next weekend starting on Thursday night. Tickets available from TalkingHorseProductions.org And finally, check out Local Bands, Crooked Fix and Blackwater at Rose Music Hall at 8pm next Thursday. Tickets for their show cost $5. You've been listening to Speaking of the Arts at 89.5 FM KOPN Columbia with me, Diana Moxham, and the wonderful engineer, Mike Hagan. We'll be back next week with more news, views, and interviews about the arts in Mid-Missouri. Stay arty, Columbia in